All right, so we are uh, we're on the 17th letter, almost at the, the famous 18th letter, which we'll spend a couple of uh, weeks on. But the 17th letter uh, is titled Reform, and it's discussing reform, right? So uh, again, if we're following the, uh, the progression, he lays down his, uh, his basic overview, his understanding of Yiddishkeit. He discusses the idea of emancipation, right? The idea of the Jews getting freed from the ghettos. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? And now the question comes to reform. And so this is a very cute letter, but it also has a lot of big ideas here. You are right. Again, and Rav Hirsch is, you know, the author of this letter is pretending that someone wrote him a letter back in between, right? The entire question of emancipation is only of subordinate concern to Judaism. Primarily affects just our external thing. In other words, the question of Jews, good times, bad times, politically, freedom, anti-Semitism, ultimately that's secondary, right? Because, you know, that's, that's the external faith. It's like, you know... Uh, you know, you ask Shaila, what's your, what's your perspective on a Jew, you know, having a good job versus a bad job? I mean, it's different, we have different roles and different, uh, different, you know, our approach is the same. We have to be a good year. And the question is, you know, how are our externalities? So, yeah, emancipation, whether the Jews are going to have rights, whether we're going to be stuffed in a ghetto, whether we're going to have equal rights, that's an external factor. What matters most is what are we doing as Yidin and how are we doing what the Rebbe Hashem wants. Sooner or later, the nations will come to a decision about right and wrong, humanity and inhumanity, Right? Eventually, right, eventually, the first awakening of an awareness of a loftier goal than having and enjoying, the first emergence of a fuller recognition of God as the Lord and Father, and the earth is given by Him to all mankind for the unfolding of the human mission, will find expression everywhere in the freeing of all the oppressed and also in the emancipation of the Jews. Right? In other words, eventually, you read Navi, you read right, the future, the world will come to a place where you know, everyone's going to be uh, and he's going to say I'm bashing the Pasuk right? that the day will come when the world will recognize what's right and wrong they'll recognize that the purpose is not to have and enjoy right? but to do, but to share but justice, kindness the world will come there and eventually the Jews will be equal citizens if not only equal then you know, uh, but we'll be the ones leading the charge right? that's going to happen one day all right? that's going to happen eventually right? we have uh, that absolute faith Right? I was listening to Rev. Aaron Lapiansky who was recently talking about like Olam Haba and like you know, you know he said he has a heart you know we think about the future and people you know the Malachim and people flying around with wings he says, he says it's easier for him to imagine you know human beings sprouting wings than it is to imagine a world where people aren't cheating and stealing and running after pleasure and time like that's that's the world which is the fantasy right that's the Olam, the Olam Haba that's like the, what is that you know how is that happening right so that's going to happen eventually, and we know it's going to happen because the Nevi'im tells us it's going to happen. That's the last love, that world will, will, will come. For us, however, the granting or withholding of emancipation is merely one of the given facts of our existence. Like our external fate in general, right? Are we feeling well? Are we not? How's the economy? Those are all different factors that we have to... What's the weather? Is there hurricanes, natural disasters, etc.? Right? We may be able to make some contribution towards it. Right? In other words, yes, we, we, we have to work towards emancipation just like we work towards a job, just like we go to doctors. But it's not a central concern of ours for it does not make any of us greater or smaller. Right? That's not the focus. You know, it's not the... I mean, it's wonderful we have Agudas Yisrael, Shtadlanus, to help us with these ultimately external factors. They are not central to Kla Yisrael because what's central to Kla Yisrael is one thing and one thing only, which is doing, doing the, the, keeping the tire. Like, that's what's central. Whether we're going to have equal rights when we do it, whether it's going to be easier or harder, yes, and we have to work towards it, fine. Do your, do your hishtadlus, that's fine. But that's not, that's not Yiddishkeit, that's, not, that's an external fact. Right? If you're in a different country, things are different. A different time in history, things are different. A different goal has been set for us, whose attainment is entirely in our own hands. Right? 
The one thing that, right, there's so many things in the, in the external world of politics that we can't control. But our task is the things that we could control. The refinement of ourselves, right, making ourselves better people, the realization of Judaism by Jews. That is, this leads us to the question of reform. So in other words, our job is to do what the Rabbi Shalom wants, to keep the Torah, to be hidden as he's described in the, bunch, in the, in the, in the, the previous letters. That's, what, that's 100% in our control. Right? The external things around us, the setting in which we do that, that's you know, partially in our control and we could try to make it better, but that's ultimately, that's secondary. That's secondary. Right? I don't think that uh, this is not, uh, not going to you know, have me speak about a good convention uh, anytime soon. Right? This is, uh, it's, it's secondary, yes. Well, you, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's not the most important thing in the world that the, you should you know, so you speak to the, be, be having a meeting with the mayor of Jackson. Right? That's like, you know, that's, that's not ultimately what it's all about. What? Yeah, APEG, right. But the question is reform, right? So now this is a question that he's dealing with. Certainly Binyamin, again, this is his right too, we are still far from what we should be, right? Yiddishkeit, we're not ideal, right? We're not, we haven't yet reached the place of Reis HaMashiach when, uh, you know, we've, we've reached our ultimate goal. Just look at the ideal way of life, scantily sketching these letters, and look at, look at the way I describe Yiddishkeit, which the Torah asks us to realize, and compare it to the actual life we're leading as individuals and as a community, right? Then we can ask ourselves the same question, right? We definitely, we haven't reached the ideal. That's for sure. You will find that strides that we, have, that we still have to make and the distance that still separates us from reaching this ideal are great indeed. Therefore, by all means, reform. Because yes, I'm pro-reform, right? Reform means to, to, to fix things, to change things, to improve things, right? So yes, he's pro-reform, right? Obviously, he's being almost like tongue-in-cheek, right? The reform movement at that time meant reform, get rid of the Torah, right? And he's saying, yes, we should reform you, this guy, because we, you know, we have to, we have to, yeah. Let's work with all our might, with all the resources of goodness and nobility to reach this ideal. Reform, certainly. But reform to us spells this and this. And what is reform? The implementation of Judaism by Jews in our time. Realization of the eternal ideal within the setting of our particular age. And through use of the specific circumstances that it provides. Now this is one of the most important sentences that Rav Hirsch has ever written. Right? This is where we see like the first kind of... Uh, you know, fleshing out of the idea of, of what's known to, to us as Torah in Derech Eretz. Again, if you understand it correctly, really, the whole Sefer really is consistent with what we mean by Torah in Derech Eretz. But here he's saying something very important. Let's just, let's just break down what we mean over here. Right? Everyone agrees. Everyone agrees. And again, this, this is something which has been discussed by, by people for generations, and a lot has been written on it. Um, you know, and there's a, it's, not, it's not a simple thing to understand. I'll present to you what I think is, is, a, is, is, a, is a work, is a framework within which, with, you know, which we can work. But, and this is something that Rabbi Breuer, or Mordechai Breuer, I think, had said originally. Uh, he has a bunch of pages about, you know, on the back over here in the footnotes. But this idea, right? Everyone agrees that Yiddishkeit is eternal and applies to every time and every place, right? Everyone agrees. Right? No one holds that the terrorist stops being uh, valid, you know, in America. Everyone agrees terrorists for all times and all places. Germany in 1830, you know, uh, Radin in, in 1920, right? Vilna, it's, it's, terror is universal, applies in all times and all places, right? So, so where, where do they argue, right? And everyone agrees that the terror doesn't change, right? It's eternal, the terror stays the same. But the question is, times change. People change, right? Situations change. Countries change, laws change. Everything changes, right? The world of America in 2023 is, is so different than the world of even America in 1950, but certainly in the world of the European shtetl, the world of, of Bavel in Iraq, and our time in Spain, and in Africa, and in Poland, and Germany, France, right? These are different worlds, which means that the Tyra doesn't need to adapt to the new times, but, but we have to adapt the way we implement the Tyra. The Tyra is the same, but it's going to look very different depending on where you are. 
Right? And so, for example, now let's take an extreme example. A guy finds himself in prison, right? Loyally, right? So he, the way he's implementing the Torah is very, very different than a guy who's living freely in the outside world, who has opportunity, right? So you're in prison, so you don't have access to, you know, most mitzvahs and everything. You're spending, again, I'm not the, you know, whatever the limits are, but you still, a yid living alone on an island is as mechayiv in the Torah as a yid living in Lakewood, right? In Lakewood. In the central Lakewood, right? The difference is when you're on an island, so you're dealing with other halachas. You're, you're figuring out other things. You're by yourself. What does that mean? Benegei atfila, benegei yikim amitzas. Bidiyev is the How are you implementing? How are you living your life as a yid? Not just in the letter of the law, but in the spirit of the law. What is your perspective? What is your motivation? How is your tfila? What is your connection? All of these things are different when you're living in, 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 in a Caribbean island, you know, Robinson Crusoe, and when you're living in Lakewood in 2023, right? How is it going to, how are you, right? In other words, when you're living in the shtetl, right? So what? You're, you're farmer, right? What does that mean? How are you implementing Yiddishkeit? How are you, you're not focusing on Goyim because you're not, you're the Goyim, you can't even walk down the same street as a Goyim, right? And so it's going to look very differently, right? You're certainly not going to go to college, you're certainly not going to get yourself an education because you weren't allowed to, right? And therefore that's fine. So the way that we built our institutions were very much, you know, in, in, uh, for the times that it was in. Now that we have freedom, well, that means that we can implement, it's the same Torah, but now there are different opportunities and different places to put our energy. And therefore, the Torah stays the same. The Torah is not being adopted, but we are now implementing that same Torah in a different place, which means that things are going to be done differently. Right? So the fact that we didn't, let's say, let's say college. Right? Now, obviously, today, college is very different than college in the 1830s. Right? Very different story. Right? To go today to get some degree because you want to, for a job, that's a whole different story. Right? That wasn't what they were dealing with over here. Right? It wasn't about career. Again, I'm talking about the pritzus and the kfira. I'm not, this is not about what you should do lamaisa. But the fact that for, for a thousand years Jews didn't go to college, right? Because you weren't allowed to go to college, right? And maybe, you know, now that in 1830s Jews are allowed to go to college, does that mean that the Torah says you shouldn't go to college? We have a Messiah not to go to college? Well, things change now. Now, how can we implement the Torah in this new era? And what does that mean for us? Maybe now that we can get ourselves educated, we can learn new chachmas, which will allow us to implement Torah in more places, right? There's nothing that's free of the Torah. Torah is everything. It is not like, you know, Torah umada, where it's just like, you know, two separate worlds. You can be a great scientist, you can be a Torah, but they're two separate things. And we should be the best scientist you can be according to the rules of science. Whatever science says, go for it and be the best scientist. And there's also Torah, two separate worlds. That's the way Torah umada is kind of framed, even better of salvation. Whereas Torah umada, there's only one thing, and that's the Torah. And the question is, how to implement it? And the Derech is the world in which you implement it. And as that world changes, so your approach, the way you're going to be implementing the Torah, a Yid's going to look different in Germany in 1830 than he's going to look in, 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 in uh, you know, in, uh, in uh, what's it called again? In, uh, you know, Hamburg, in uh, whatever. And he's going to look different than a Yid in Worms, and he's going to live in, than in Bavel, in Iraq, and Eretz Yisrael. It's just going to look different. Just like Jews in different places look differently, different cultures. We go, you know, Eretz Yisrael, oh yeah, it's Israeli society, right? Like, you know, the way it works there with their machas, and then they're, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's like, oh, we say, okay, that's Israeli, you have to understand the Israeli style. They throw shtendas at each other when there's a fight over the Rosh Hashiva. Whereas over here we sue them. Or whatever. You know what I mean? It looks different. This, and it's not just it's the technical laws look different. It's the spirit of Yiddishkeit looks different. What does it mean to be a Yid? That, that it, 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 you know, the Yid is the same. But in terms of what his role is, how, how involved is he in the outside world? Or what are the kinds of things that he's doing? All, okay, so read the sentence again. He says, Reform to us spells this and this alone. The implementation of Judaism by Jews in our time. Realization of the eternal ideal, Torah is eternal, within the setting of a particular age. 
and through use of the specific circumstances that it provides, right? Our particular age provides specific circumstances, there's very specific things, but well, how are we implementing the Torah now in these circumstances? This means that we have to educate and elevate our generation towards the heights of Torah. We bring the Torah to the world, to the generation, but not to lower the Torah to the levels of the times and reduce this lofty peaks to the shallowness of our life. So we're not saying, oh, nowadays, whatever, people are into, are into Gashmias and partying, so we have to now make the Torah into partying. And that, right? That's not the point. Right? The point is that now Torah is applied differently. Things are different. Now how are we going to bring the Torah into that world? Right? It's very, very different. The Torah is not changing. Right? You're changing. You're changing the way that you're, uh, that you're you know, bringing the Torah out. It is we Jews who need reform through renewed attention to Judaism, intellectually comprehended and vigorously implemented. That eternal Torah, the eternal law itself, set up as a model for all times by Hashem of all ages. Kim Chaim, Hashem is not just in one generation, does not need reform. As advocated by children of our time who merely desire an easier life, right? What the reform Jews are doing is they want, says, oh, you know, uh, you know uh, we can't drive to shul, uh, now no one's going to go to shul, let's change the law and say, let's drive to shul, right? In order to make Torah Shtim. No, that's changing the Torah. Right, what we need to do is, oh, maybe shuls look differently. Maybe you, right? It, it used to be you had the, you know, you, you had the shtetls. Now we have to make more shuls in more locations. We have to, right? Things are going to change. We're going to implement, right? I, you know, uh, the Torah needs, means to elevate us to its heights. And we, should we drag it to our level? Right? Don't drag the Torah down to where you are, but bring yourself up to where the Torah is, but doing so in a way, right? And again, it's very interesting, right? I think we spoke about this uh, towards the beginning, right? The idea of, you know, we're living today in, in, in Lakewood, right? So it's uh, 2023. It's a very different world, right? Like I said, even from Lakewood 20 years ago, right? And, and the, the growth of Lakewood now, Tom's River Jackson, right? The idea of being surrounded by a shul, right? It doesn't exist anymore. That you're part of a shul. In Lakewood, it was never like that with young couples living in basements and neighborhoods that they have no shyness to, right? Besides for maybe Coventry is like a young people's neighborhood. So the first seven, eight years of your married life, you're living in a basement where you don't know anybody. Maybe you'll, maybe you'll say hi to the Robin shul, right? It's, it's a very, very... It's a difficult situation, right? It's not ideal at all. So what, 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 what do we do? I don't know, maybe we, we, we join Shirley's Daf and we're part of that. Maybe we're driving. Hey, what about Shabbos, right? If things are different. We're not living in the same times as we did, you know, and, and we have to figure out ways to design our institutions and design our approach to Torah in a different way. And we don't like change. And this is why Rav Hirsch gets, you know, you know, the people of his times, the young people, you know, the reform didn't like him because he was too radical. And the, and the old school didn't like him because he was advocating for reform. Again, but what's the reform? Not reforming the Torah, Chas Hashem, right? You know, Rafir says, uh, you know, um, he talks about the Aaron, right? That the Aaron was nice, right? The Aaron had badim were built in, right? Because the Torah is not limited to time and place, right? The Shulchan Menorah, they may be limited to time and place, but not the Torah. The Torah, you take it wherever you go. But he says, but the badim, as much as they were built into the Aaron, they could be removed, right? The way Rashi learns is that the, 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 the two ends of the badim were very wide, and they could just, just fit into the, to the tabois, to the rings, right? But they weren't built in. In other words, whether or not you'll keep the Torah, right? that's not part of the Torah. The Torah is whole and perfect, even if nobody's there to carry it. Even if there's no badim, and no, right? you don't change the Torah one bit. Right? You look around, oh, you know, we have to, what are you going to do? Eislas Hashem, we have to get rid of the Torah, right? And you end up with reform, conservative, right? It's gone. The Torah is whole and pure and doesn't depend on anyone carrying it. The Rabbi Shalom will take care of it. You don't worry about the Rabbi Shalom. The Rabbi Shalom will make sure that his Torah, that his goal for humanity will be reached. How? That's his business, right? But the Torah doesn't change. You have to figure out ways to, to deal with the Torah, to keep the Torah, and to, to, and to implement the ideal of what it means to be a Yid in the new world. Right? And that's for sure. Why? Because Torah speaks to everything. 
Right? Tyra is, like we said, Tyra is the law, God's law for humanity. Right? Tyra is taking this world and doing, and doing with it. Mishpat, Chesed, right? which is what her says. And so there's nothing in the world that could be separated from Tyra. Right? Tyra is, right? and I think about you know, like the, uh, you, know, uh, you know, you have a computer program, right? And you have a, a manual, right? They had to use an instruction manual, right? The instruction manual, right, is the manual for the computer, right? And yes, and, 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 and so the Torah is the manual for, 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 for this world. Now, again, a computer program is always getting upgraded. The Torah doesn't get upgraded, right? But in other words, there, there can be no stira, right? To refers there can be no stira between Torah and Derech so That makes no sense. How can there be a steer between right, the game and the rules? Right? Imagine like you're playing a game, right? And you have the rule book, oh, it's a steer. It doesn't make sense. This game has a red piece and the instruction manual uh, says a blue piece. Right? You clearly there's something you have to understand it, right? But there's, this is the way you play the game. Right? This is what the, the manual says. And the Torah is that manual for how to live life. And there's nothing that is void of Torah. Now the Torah can tell you not to do something, and the Torah says, okay, don't do something, right? Refers this famous, uh, when he was learning with Gratz, and Gratz was, uh, was learning in his house. So they were reading some philosophy, and it was taken from the library, and they read something in it, and he's like, this is Kfira. He ripped it out, and he burned the page. He said, they paid the library back. And, uh, and like, this is Adkan. Like, we're not, we're not so open-minded, our brains fall out. We don't embrace everything and anything, right? But when you have, uh, let's say, art, art and music, and, right, and the sciences, right? And these things, again, not every, there's no chiv to, to, to learn these things, but they are a part of this world, and the Torah speaks to them. And as long as they, they are consistent with the Torah, the Torah doesn't forbid them, then there's something to gain from it, and you can embrace it. Again, everyone, no, no, no one's telling you that you have to go study uh, Bach and Mozart, and then you have to go and uh, you know, visit the Louvre, but where, where a person is connecting with it, right? It's not a contradiction to Torah, because the Torah is telling you how to live this world. How to live in this world. And that's, and that's, and that's, and that's Tarim Derech Heretz kind of in a nutshell. Right? It's not the, like, you know, wisdom of Karf of Tarim Derech Heretz. It's not about the Makar. It's, what is, what is the Torah? What is, according to our approach, understanding what the Torah is. Torah is the, 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 the laws of nature that Hashem gave for human beings in this world. Right? Where does it say that a lion is supposed to eat the, eat the gazelle? I mean, it doesn't say, right? This is, this is the laws of nature. Torah is the laws of this world. Right? And therefore, everything in this world, you don't say the line, oh, you know, uh, don't go there, it's against... Uh, no, I mean, this is, right? it, it is what it is. And that's what, and that's what the world... The world is the setting in which we keep the Torah. Now again, this is a very, you know, in yeshivas, we'll talk about the Torah being above and there. And we're not, we're, that's not, that's not Hirsch's world right now, right? And again, right, there's a... But, but it's, it's understanding, right? So learning Torah, obviously, is, is something which is so much higher and deeper. It's the Chach Masalikos. Yeah, but in terms of what it is. What is it? What are you reading when you're reading a Gemara? You're reading the law of how to live your life in this world. The purpose of this world was to, to do the law that the Baruch says in this world. It is this world, right? Ikoshchina is bitach right? That's where it exists. This is the setting in which we as human beings are, are meant to implement the Torah. Right? Not up there, but down here. And, and, uh, and uh, you know, Rav Hirsch says that the, right? which is like, it sounds like a cute platitude, but what have I got to learn from you? Well, what, what do you, well look at you. You're, you're working in uh, some Amazon warehouse, and there are shilas that come up in your life, in your setting, in your neighborhood, in your, the way you're, ha- that, that I have no access to, right? A person learned, someone listening to learning in yeshiva, right? Learning Torah all day, shave it, lady, amazing, right? At the end of the day, 
he's not implementing the Torah in the same spheres that we are, right? The person going out to work and implementing the Torah in his honesty, in his integrity, in his relationship with his co-workers, Jewish, non-Jewish, right? Is, 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 is implementing Torah in places that the guy in, in yeshiva is not necessarily doing, right? It's just a tremendous, uh, you know, a tremendous opportunity, right? And everyone's got their own place where they're implementing the Torah, so you, let me be them, right? Because uh, everyone, is, is, everyone has their own place in life where they are bringing out what the Rebbe Shalom wants in their unique space, right? And that's Torah and the And so reform, yes, but again, and you have to constantly reform. By not reforming the Torah, what you're reforming is you and your approach to Torah. And again, and, and it's, it's difficult. We're always, you know, someone said this, um, Rabbi Miller, he had said it was his own quote quoting from someone else. He was like, talking about the problem in America, right? Everyone in America, they all went off to Derech, right? They all Mechal Shabbos. What happened? And he says, one of the things he says, he says they were fighting the, the, the Minsker Yetzirah while they were in New York, you know, something like that. And he goes, it's a different Yetzirah. Well, it's just, that's the same way of saying the same thing, right? There's a different Nisyanus. It's a different world, and the Torah, we need to have different approaches. Not that the Torah is changing, right? And it's very scary. Right? You know, we're living in like an interesting transition era here, right? We're like, you know, it used to be like, and I had this night say for guys that are working, and it used to be that, you know, a parent called you up, okay, why is he working? You know, it's like something wrong with the guy. If a guy is left yeshiva before he was married, or at least even killed for a few years, then something was wrong with him. It's not like that so much anymore. Right? Now you have a lot of single guys going to work, and they're good boys, and nothing, right? Whatever it is, times are changing, norms change, people change, economies change, right? And, and we have to figure out how are we going to bring the Torah into this new world with its new norms, right? And again, you know, it's, it's, it's not about, you know, technology and we have to utilize technology <coughs> to make podcasts and TikTok videos for Torah. Right? Maybe, maybe that's how it looks like. Or maybe not, you know, like I'm not, you know it's, not, it's not about the, but it's about recognizing that change is not, is not a problem, right? Now, Hirsch was embracing change, change, right? And the world is different. And everyone ultimately embraces change to some level, right? It is different. Right? And, and, and you know, we're, you know so, someone once said, you know, Rav Aaron is to sit and learn. He said, everyone should sit and learn all day. I forgot who it was that said it. He says, Rav Aaron was the one who was changing, right? It wasn't like that always. Not everyone sat and learned. And Rav Aaron held that in America. Okay, fine. That's wonderful. Maybe that's the way Torah has to be presented today. Maybe today, you know, and this was, you know, Rabbi, Rabbi Mentel, who's the, the Rav in, uh, in Washington Heights, right? He got into big trouble. They hired him and he got up there at the 200th uh, birthday celebration of Rav Hirsch. Uh, 2008, yeah. And he said, that's it, you know, Terrence Herkherz is dead, pretty much, something like that. Like, he made like a comment like, it's time to go to Lakewood, you know? And maybe it's true. And reverse would be, you know, if, if this is the way the Terrence is going to be brought out the best in America in 2023, then so be it. It's not about a chiv to go to college. It's not about a chiv to do any one thing. It's about a chiv to keep the Torah in the world that you're in, right? It was a victory. Remember that? You remember that? Yeah, the president resigned. It was like a whole, you know, huge tumult. Again, it's hard, it's hard to argue with the facts that the Washington Heights is kind of... Uh, right? the, the Yankees were very community-driven. In America, there's no sense of community. The command doesn't exist. You have a shul with a few people living near you. As soon as the, you know, Washington Heights becomes the area where you don't want to live, the community falls apart. It's community-based. Right? What? A lot of big people. Yeah, yeah. Are very big. Yeah, yeah. But they're not Yaquis, right? You know, they're not... Uh, <laughs> they're, I mean, they're not, they are Yaquis. I'm saying they're not uh, proponents of Tarim Dar Kheretz. Right? And again, the point is that Tarim Dar Kheretz, if you're sitting and learning because that's what you should be doing at this moment, you're doing Tarim Dar Kheretz, right? You're doing Tarim Dar Kheretz. You know, Rav Baruch Ber Reis, you know, the last stickle in Kedushin, he writes a letter to Rav Schwab. Rav Schwab, you know, was born in Germany. And he went to the mirror and he wrote letters to all the G'daylam you know, about the Hirsch. And, you know, Baruch Ber writes, yes, Avada, he saved Tyre in Germany, but the Maisa was a Hirash show. Right? And if Schwab later on writes, he says, 
you know, they didn't read German. They didn't really get a full grasp of what Hirsch was saying. They thought, if he said go to college, it must be a Russia. He says, no, it's not a Russia. He says, first of all, even if it's a Russia, he says, you know, writing down Tereshav is also a Russia. And we're still writing it down, right? Because a Russia could be a permanent thing. That's because a Russia doesn't mean that you have to stop doing it. But he says, it's, 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 again, it could change. The way, the way Torah and Derech is implemented is gonna, could change. It should change in every generation. Because that's the definition of what Torah and Derech is. It's Torah applied to the Derech Eretz of the time and place. Right? And that's going to look different for every person, every community, at every age, right? The way you do it here is not the way you do it someplace else. Not the way, even in, in Eretz Yisrael, they wanted to start a uh, school with, you know, uh, like, um, you know, uh, what's it called again? Like a vocational school, like a college kind of thing of Israel, Hildesheimer, who wanted to start it. And the Gedeon Eretz Yisrael, a fire came out against him. And he heard of Hirsch. Hirsch is like, I can't tell you in Eretz what to do for Eretz Yisrael, right? We know what's best for Germany. Eretz Yisrael knows what's best for Eretz Yisrael. It wasn't just political. It was, what's the best way that we can, you know, keep the Torah and implement the Torah, the ideals of the Torah? You know, we know the best way to do it in Germany. Right? So a guy sitting and learning, and that's what he's supposed to be doing, is, is, is exactly what a person wants, right? It's not about the chiv to go to college or whatever. It's about how you're going to keep the Torah in the world that you find yourself. And that's the question that we always have to ask, nothing else. The only thing that matters is, what is the Rosh How does the Rosh want me? And it's going to look different, and sometimes you need to be a little innovative, and it's going to look strange. I don't know, maybe it's going to mean singing my slichas. Uh, you know, I don't know if we can take it that far. So, no, nah, that's the... <laughs> right? It's, and really, it's going, to, it's going to look very different. But, uh, but that's ultimately... Uh, you know, so the reform, yes, the first is pro-reform, reform Jews, not reform Judaism. All right, we'll continue next week. Okay.